0: guys my name is Lexi Naomi but you can call me Lexi and I'm your host your girl your big or little sister your friend your confidant or whatever else you would like to call me I'm so excited to finally be starting this podcast it's honestly been such a long time coming to be very honest um God gave me a vision for this back in maybe November or December I had a date set for it and everything and I think it was supposed to be January 17th or something like that but to be honest I was being a little disobedient and on top of that I really struggle with something called imposter syndrome which is why I thought it would be the perfect topic for this episode so we're gonna get into it so before we get started I want to ask that you please follow the podcast on Instagram at journal.podcast. That is where you will find all of the latest Journal Out Loud updates and join in on some fun conversations as well. So, let me just tell you about this process of starting this podcast, okay? And I'm also gonna tell you a little bit about my background that led me here. So, um, in 2019, I graduated with a degree in media and entertainment. So. Obviously, media has always been something that could captivate my attention. And in most recent times, I've been really interested in digital media specifically, and even more specifically, digital media marketing. Um, So I'm hoping to get into that really soon. But even before college, I've done like a ton of writing. I've pretty much always been a writer. I think my first poem was when I was about four, maybe now the first poem I remember writing was about like butterflies or flowers or something like that but the first poem my family remembers me writing was about telling my grandmother I wanted to buy her a perm I don't know but anyway so further down the line in my life I've had blogs I've been published on a website called odyssey online i mean i've written everything from lyrics to poetry to stories so naturally i think i just have a lot to say so fast forward boom the pandemic hits i was working at a daycare slash preschool at the time and i was considered an, an essential worker because obviously someone has to be there to take care of the children of other essential workers but since our classrooms were so much smaller I was only working about four hours a day maybe five on some days but I went from working a full eight hours to four or five hours a day and that's when I decided to post on TikTok more. Now originally TikTok was like this outlet I guess you can say to escape the madness of the pandemic you know and So I started posting on TikTok. I posted this TikTok one day and it kind of went viral. And honestly, that's when everything changed for me. It wasn't crazy viral, but I guess it's what you would consider viral for that time and on the app at the time. Um, But the TikTok video I posted was just me looking for other Christians to connect with because at the time I didn't have a lot of friends but we weren't hanging out anyway because hello pandemic. Um, My ex and I were in this super awkward place. So I was sad all the time. I was losing hope in the future because I didn't know what was going to happen with COVID. And I just really needed community. So that was my purpose of posting it. Did I ever expect it would reach 63,000 views? No, not at all. But when it did, it was just like, oh, okay, like a lot of people feel how I do this is this is good. And I decided to put some action behind it. So I set up a zoom call for some people who wanted to be a part. And, in total, there were about 10 of us who would zoom just about every week. And we really had people from all over the United States. And we even had two people in Australia. So breaking out time zones and such was a struggle, but it was really a fun issue to have. Like, when am I going to talk to my friends in Australia? Like, Like, you know, that's pretty cool. And so we just made it work and it turned out to be a great experience until COVID calmed down and we were back to our regular lives pretty much. But what that told me was that people needed safe spaces to just be to just exist and all it really takes is someone putting it out there and having that same idea so now here it is two years later i still keep in contact with about half of the group maybe about five of them through instagram and i've watched their their lives like evolve and grow and Two of the ladies in the group have since gotten married, which is so exciting. One of them already has a little baby girl and it's just beautiful to have an inside look on these people's lives who I've never even met in person before. Like having that community helped me stay sane. Like it helped me stay sane that year and they really helped me heal from a lot. We would have some deep conversations on those calls y'all, but they helped me find my voice in a sense. and. After that, I started posting more on TikTok, and I realized the most viewed videos were the videos where I talked about Christians and the things that they didn't typically discuss. And I don't mean like those were going like viral, viral, but um, they would run typically between like twenty k plus views, you know. So. The conversation under those videos were amazing because everyone had something to say and just needed the opportunity to say it so fast forward to late last year I just had this thought like god I have so much to say I have a story to tell I have things I want people to know that they are not alone in and I need a way to say it and previously I had a blog but blog posts can really only scratch the surface because they're supposed to be like 3,000 to 6,000 words or something like that. Um, So I tried YouTube and I tried the YouTube channel and it was just such a hassle, like shout out to all the YouTubers out there because the editing, the, the camera angle, like all of that, it was just really a hassle. But failing at YouTube is where I figured that I would quit, I figured that Eventually, I tell my story somehow, but maybe getting my story out there just wasn't what I was supposed to do at the time. And then during the pandemic, I gained a mentor who encouraged me to write a book, which I had always imagined that I would eventually do. And I tried. I genuinely tried for like a whole year. Like, I mean, I was writing outlines, I was writing whole chapters and then deleting them. Like, nothing ever seem to fit with this book and writing a book is really such a task because it doesn't it doesn't come across as if it would if you were just talking to someone it has to be fashioned in a way for it to all connect and all make sense on the page and it's also hard to do that with grammar and no actual voice to indicate the tone of what you're saying and as much as I wanted to finish the book I found that I was becoming so exhausted with the process. Like it was exhausting to me. So I stopped that too. And so as you see, there were 110 avenues I was gonna go down before reaching Journal Out Loud. And that is part of what gradually, gradually made me develop this, what they call imposter syndrome. So for those of you who don't know what imposter syndrome is, here's a definition from the National Library of Medicine website um it says imposter syndrome also known as imposter phenomenon fraud syndrome perceived fraudulence or imposter experience describes high achieving individuals who despite their objective successes fail to internalize their accomplishments and have persistent self-doubt and fear of being exposed as a fraud or imposter and the article goes on to say that people who deal with imposter syndrome. Um, struggle with contributing their achievement to their ability to do a said thing they'll they'll say you know oh that success was just a stroke of luck or because so-and-so helped me and they'll use any setback or failure as a reason for believing why they can't really achieve something or they're not as good as they think or everybody thinks they are Um, and truly and honestly I'd say that to me in a nutshell there are so many opportunities, so many visions I've had, so many things I felt God put on my heart to do, and I would find 110 reasons as to why I am incapable. Even with this podcast, at the beginning of this episode, I, I explained that God gave me this idea in December, right? And y'all are probably looking at your clocks like, sis, sis, it's April. Yes, I, I know. It's April. So You can see that for four months, I talked myself out of doing something I've clearly shown that I'm capable of doing. Not to toot my own freaking horn, but I mean, my writing has been published. I posted my hot takes on the internet for the world to see through writing and through videos. I've felt the heat of angry comment sections. I've encouraged community with pure strangers and I've got the degree to prove that this is the line of work I'm passionate about. Yet I still deem myself as incapable and when I decided you know what God I'm just going to do it I'm going to create the podcast I don't care who thinks it sucks I don't care who doesn't listen I'm gonna do it my first step was to call this feeling of incapability out by name and conquer it I was just on Twitter one day and I kept seeing the term imposter syndrome and the first couple of times I saw it I ignored it and then the next couple of times I was like okay maybe I should look into it and when I was doing research about it I was like oh my gosh that's it that's my struggle and I'm the type of person who cannot just heal through positive thinking you know how some people can like feel really low and just convince themselves through affirmations such that they're okay I am not those people I have to acknowledge in full how I'm feeling and drag it out by the roots so instead of saying like oh you can do it type affirmations I have to be like dang you know this imposter syndrome I'm experiencing really sucks but let's go through my resume and make sure I know just how capable I am of doing this. I'm the type of person who needs to acknowledge the tangible evidence that what I believe about myself is wrong. And then that's when I start to heal. So then I figured, okay, Jesus, all right, there's nothing new under the sun, right? So what does the word of God say about this so-called imposter syndrome? Now, of course, there's no mention of it in the Bible directly. And there are so many scriptures about God giving us strength through um, his word and about his children being victorious and all this stuff. But God reminded me of one very specific story in the Bible that in a way exhibits this syndrome, and that's the story of Elijah and Jezebel. If you don't know the story of Elijah and Jezebel, I can give a little sort of abbreviated overview for the sake of the podcast, but I really encourage you to read it for yourself. So Starting with Elijah. Elijah was this prophet who was devoted to worshiping our God, the God of Israel. And so Israel gets taken over by this king named King Ahab, who is pretty evil. And he encouraged the worship of the false God, Baal. So Elijah gathers the worshipers of Baal and pretty much challenges them to prove that their God is real. And so he's basically like, okay, if your God is true, follow them. If he proves that he's true, follow them. But if my God proves himself true, you follow him. But to prove this, Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal to call on their God to make fire fall down from heaven. And so the prophets of Baal are like, bet, they call on Baal trying to make fire fall and nothing's happening. And (laughs) the funniest part is that Elijah starts mocking them like, he's basically like where your god at come on where's the fire maybe maybe he's sleep maybe he's lost in thought like elijah is talking a lot of mess and so no fire comes down and after they're out here yelling and calling out to this false god you know there's nothing so then elijah sets his altar up he douses it with water and he calls on god to bring fire down from heaven and the fire burns up the wood dust the water and everything else boom It's clear that Elijah has the God with all authority on his side. He has the prophets killed because of this. Like, he's just like, all right, your God's not real. You're done. You're done. So, this whole thing happens in 1 Kings 18. And then, in the very next chapter, the very next chapter, 1 Kings 19, we see Jezebel's reaction to this whole thing. Now, Jezebel was Ahab's wife, and she was not pleased that her husband was defeated by this by this prophet you know so she sends someone to elijah to let him know that she was after him and she was gonna kill him she was gonna take him out and so elijah gets scared for his life and he literally goes out into the wilderness to hide from jezebel he was so scared he was so scared that he told the lord he would rather just die like he was like just take me take me out now so here's where the imposter syndrome kicks in though Like, dude, you just had 450 prophets killed after proving your God is the true God. You proved that your God is on your side. You operated in the authority that God has given you to call on his name to make things happen. And when you're threatened by someone who worships the God, you already proved to be false. You run and hide. Like, man, what's that energy you had before? You over here like, where your God at? And asking if Baal is sleeping. But then you run when you get threatened. And I mean, I I personally get it in the face of death. Like, who wouldn't be a little frightened? Who wouldn't be scared? But God was probably like, yo, I literally just showed you who you are. 2.5 seconds later, I got to come get you from the wilderness because you ran away. But I mean, I know God wasn't really like that because he's very patient. Like, thank God for his patience. But... It's like, why do we do this? What happens between the last time God did it and the next time he does it that makes us doubt his ability to do the same and greater things? What happens between the first time we achieve something and the next time we achieve something that makes us believe that God like removes the ability from us? Now, I've read a few things lately, one of them being... This book by Miles Monroe about the power of prayer and one thing that has been ingrained into my brain now is that God's purpose for our lives never changes. God created Adam and Eve and gave them the assignment to be fruitful and to to multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion, all that. Did Adam and Eve screw up with the daggone fruit? Yes, yes they did. Did they screw us all over with their sin? Yes, but did their purpose change? Did it change our purpose? No, no, God did not say, okay, Adam, all right, Eve, you ate fruit from the tree and now you're not gonna be fruitful and you no longer have dominion, so sorry, it sucks for you. No, because then that would make God a liar, further justifying what Satan was trying to do in the first place. Their assignment remained, but they just, they had some consequences to deal with while in their purf- purpose. So going back to Elijah, it's amazing that while Elijah was in this frightened state, he's run off to hide from old girl Jezebel and an angel still appears before him to feed him and give him something to drink and says, arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. This shows that Elijah's fear of his failure or his demise was just not enough to thwart the plan of God. He was still equipped and just needed to regain his confidence. And the Bible says that God wanted to reveal his presence to Elijah, but first showed him where he wasn't, where God was not. So 1 Kings 19 verse 11 through 12 says, And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains, and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and at the fire fire a still small voice. Elijah did not find God in all of these grand and dramatic things, but found God in this still small voice. And I feel like sometimes when it comes to our gifts, we like to wait for all these grand signs to prove that God has called us to something like, oh, if if God has called me to be a content creator, I'll get a 100K brand deal. God has called me to the tech industry, I'll get a $90,000 job right out of college. Or if I'm meant to be a dancer, God will get me into Juilliard. But God's voice should really be enough. Even when our sinful nature deems it insufficient, if God whispered to you what he has equipped you to do, that's what you should rest in. Let me tell y'all this. I don't care. If you are a singer, a writer, a chef, a baseball player, a technician, photographer, plumber, plumber. I don't care if you're a plumber, whatever it is that you are passionate and gifted to do, God gave it to you for you to keep. All gifts given to you are for his glory, but you it, but for it's for you to cultivate and practice and and love and use to advance the kingdom of God. So maybe you're YouTube covers didn't get, you know, 50,000 views. That doesn't mean that you can't try out for that singing show. Maybe you burned up your last meal you cooked. That doesn't mean you wouldn't make it in culinary school. Maybe your last photo shoot wasn't the best, but next time you just, you make sure that lighting is right and you make sure those angles are on point. That's just it. Like stop letting the enemy convince you that you have to be validated by views or followers or compliments or awards to do what God has called you to do. And I'm speaking to myself too, like we have to stop letting the enemy convince us that our imperfections mean we have to return our gifts. Your gift from God has a lifetime warranty, babe. Like God will mold you, repair you, refine you and your gift until he calls you home. And I want you to be confident in that. I want us to be confident in that because we're taking this journey together, okay? (laughs) Now, you know, I know this is a really unusual topic to cover, especially in this manner, but here's just a taste of what to expect on this podcast. We're really going to focus on being real and raw and discussing the things that you would really only tell your journal or talk to God about. And one thing I've learned is that people really do want to talk about some tough topics, but very few people are willing to scratch past that surface. Too many people care about judgment and looking crazy, but this is your safe space. Here's where you can release and know that you're not alone. That's what I want more than anything with journaled out loud. I can have two listeners or 2000 listeners and the mission would remain the same. I'm eventually going to have some guests come on and discuss some topics that I just genuinely don't have expertise on. But this is not going to be some little podcast where people just come on here to be cute and hear themselves talk. Like, I've had people say like, oh, let me be on your podcast. And that's all fine and dandy. Like, I appreciate it. But that's just not how this is going to work because I am intentional about the purpose behind this. This is not going to be you know, a platform where people could just come and just say their hot takes because they want to be heard. Like, they can use their own, you know, Instagrams, Twitters, whatever for that. This podcast is about the glory of God first, and then it's about healing for you and me next. All right, y'all. It feels so good to be here. The end of my first podcast episode, like, I just feel so fun to say, but I would love if you would take time to follow Journaled Out Loud on Instagram. Um, That's at journal.podcast. That's where you will find some overviews of the podcast episodes, some writing prompts relating to each episode, as well as keep up with all things Journaled Out Loud. If you're liking the vibes here, please, please, please share this with a friend. If you're rocking with me, please let me know so they can rock too. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you guys next time.